This is Cruise Radio. If this whole thing we're going through right now has taught us anything, it is to always have travel insurance. Get a quote today at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. A review of Carnival Panorama today. Also, Sherry Laskin is back. Yeah, after a two-month hiatus and moving from Alaska and driving back to Florida, she is here. And, uh, well, remotely, not actually in studio. So we'll get with her in just a couple of moments. Cruise Radio News, our daily quick hits of the news, Monday through Friday. You can find it where you listen to your favorite podcast. Just search Cruise Radio News. It's been a long time since I said this, and I'm excited to say it. Hi, Sherry. Hi, Doug, and it's good to be back. And you're back in Florida, jumping right into cruise news. Sea Dream Yacht Club was forced to cancel the rest of its 2020 Caribbean season. Yes, so with hopes to resume Caribbean cruises, the 56-stateroom Sea Dream Yacht Club 1 set out from Barbados last week with only 66 crew members and 53 passengers on board. Molecular PCR tests were required for passengers before leaving home, and then again at boarding. Because everyone tested negative on boarding day, the cruise line decided that mask wearing wasn't a necessity. Two days into the cruise, one of the passengers felt sick and tested positive for COVID-19. Eventually, five of the six family members traveling together had coronavirus, and then one married couple tested positive, and finally two crew members fell ill. A total of nine people so far. So right after the first passenger was diagnosed, the ship canceled its planned itinerary and headed back to Barbados. Those who tested positive were flown home on private charters. Everyone else headed home on commercial airlines. So with this first attempt dashed to restart Caribbean cruises, Sea Dream Yacht Club decided to cancel the remainder of its 2020 Caribbean season. And I thought it was over, but another round of cancellations. Yes, so Wednesday morning, Carnival Cruise Line announced it has extended their cruise cancellation dates. All embarkations from U.S. home ports are now canceled through January 31st. In addition, departures from the ports of Baltimore, Charleston, Jacksonville, Long Beach, Mobile, New Orleans, and San Diego are canceled through February 28th. Cruises on Carnival Legend from Tampa are canceled through March 26th. Carnival Horizon is due to arrive at Port Miami this week, followed by Carnival Breeze. And when Carnival can begin the required phased-in approach to resume cruising, it will be from Port Canaveral and Port Miami, followed by Galveston. Yeah, a little bit of a silver lining there. And Royal Caribbean has had over 100,000 people sign up for their test cruises. Yeah, so Royal Caribbean has come up with a very popular scheme to test health and safety protocols when they begin to ramp up to start cruising again. The cruise line created a Facebook page called Volunteers of the Seas, and those who are chomping at the bit to cruise as soon as possible can sign up to be lab rats. And yes, there will be waivers to sign. These simulated or trial cruises are required by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention as part of their phased resumption of cruise ship operations after their no-sale order was lifted. In less than a week, over 100,000 daring people signed up to be volunteers for a free trial cruise and be part of the onboard training experiment. It was originally rumored that candidates would be mostly friends and family of crew members, but now it has expanded to include the public as well. 
the short experimental training cruises that will most likely depart from Florida and go to Coco Key will put everyone on board through their COVID-19 preparedness paces. Simulated responses to an actual COVID-19 outbreak and quarantine steps will be part of the training. And there's a link on Cruise Radio if you want to get your name on the list. And speaking of Royal Caribbean, two of their mega ships are heading to Alaska in 2022. That's correct. Royal Caribbean announced their 2022 Alaska cruise schedule, and it will include two quantum class ships heading back for one-way cross-gulf rides, our Radiance of the Seas and Serenade of the Seas. The two quantum class ships, Ovation and Quantum of the Seas, will depart from Seattle for seven-night round trip inside passage cruises, while Radiance and Serenade of the Seas will cruise back and forth between Vancouver and Seward, Alaska on weekly alternating departures. The quantum ships will visit Sitka, Skagway, Ketchikan, and Juneau, and then make the required Canadian stop that in this case will be Victoria, British Columbia. On the Vancouver to Seward cruises, the ships will visit Haines, Sitka, Ketchikan, and Juneau. The northbound trips will include a stop at Icy Strait Point, while the southbound crossings will spend an evening in Haines, Alaska. The cruise line intends to offer a longer Alaska cruise season in 2022, and reservations are open to book. Interesting, because, you know, Alaska, as you know from living there for over a year, it's better seen on a smaller intimate vessel, but after the past season of them having zero cruise passengers, I'm sure these two mega ships are welcome with open arms. They will be, in a, and uh, I did two cross gulfs on the Radiance early last year, and I mean, it's it's a wonderful experience as well. If you have a little more time, then you can go up to, to Denali, do some sightseeing in the interior on the cross gulf cruises that you really can't do when you're on a seven-night round trip. Closer to home, Bahamas Paradise Cruise Line could be in a little bit of financial trouble. Yeah, still unconfirmed, but suspected to be true. Bahamas Paradise Cruise Line is reported to have sold their grand celebration cruise ship. It's only one of two ships in the fleet that departs from the port of Palm Beach. Grand Celebration is rumored to be on its way to India, uh, the home of the largest shipbreaking yard in the world. Uh, unfortunately, the cruise line has refused to comment. Rumored, yes, but marine traffic does show the ship going from Freeport to India. And I'll tell you this, Sherry, that cruise ships don't go to India for refurbishment. No, they don't. And a former Carnival Cruise Line ship leaves one cruise line for another. Yeah, a Greek ferry operator purchased an older Carnival Cruise Line ship at auction after another cruise line went bankrupt earlier this year. Sea Jets, a seasonal ferry operator for the Greek islands, purchased the 1,452-passenger uh, Magellan from Cruise and Maritime Voyages. The British cruise line had filed for bankruptcy back in July, Magellan was originally the Carnival Holiday, built in 1985. Sea Jets acquired the ship at auction for a mere $3.4 million. Including Magellan, Sea Jets also purchased five more familiar cruise ships, the former Princess Cruises, Star Princess and Ocean Princess, and Holland America's Vietnam, Mazdam, and Rheindam. No plans for Sea Jet to expand into traditional cruise ship voyages has been announced. 
Listener question comes from Rich. Email yours to Doug at cruiseradio.net. Is it possible to use my onboard credit in advance? I received a $300 onboard credit from a canceled cruise earlier this year, and I'm trying to buy the drink package. However, it won't let me use it. And that's really true, Rich. So an onboard credit, as the name implies, can only be applied to purchases that you make on board. So the only way you can really use your $300 onboard credit for a drink package would be to wait until you are actually on board the ship. And while you will not be entitled to the pre-cruise promotional discount, there may be a sail away uh, promotion that you could use. So you, it, you may not be charged a whole lot more than if you had purchased it on a credit card before you sail. But of course, you won't know this until you are on board. Been talking with Sherry Laskin from CruiseMaven.com. Sherry, welcome back and thank you. Thank you. And like I said, it's good to be back. A little different, but it's nice here. If you have an Amazon Alexa-enabled device, ask her to enable the Cruise Radio News skill so you can get daily updates anytime straight from Cruise Radio. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio. Maintaining our global reach. Listen live at cruiseradio.net. So earlier this year, Susie took a seven-night cruise. It was a Mexican Riviera sailing out of Long Beach aboard Carnival Panorama, and she joins us on the line. Hey, Susie. Hi, Doug. So before we get to Carnival Panorama itself, we're going to take a step back, as we always do. Give us some pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to take this seven-nighter down to the Mexican Riviera? So my friend Jill had actually booked this cruise and we all are part of a small group of friends here where I live in central California and she had invited everyone to go. No one really budged. A lot of first time cruisers that were nervous and anxious about cruising. We decided to book. They know me as Cruising Susie. They know I'm crazy about cruise ships and um, I booked, she booked and before you know it, there were 20 plus families from our area that had booked to go on the Carnival Panorama. So I helped organize um, all the families that were going from shore excursions to planning, how to put the stateroom, um, activities on board. So that's initially how it started. Very cool. Now you're in California. So is that just like a, you know, you leave embarkation morning to drive to the port or do you pre-night at Long Beach? Great question. Actually, about half of us decided to drive down the night before and the other half drove in the morning. And the reason why, Doug, is because in January, we um, coming from Central California to Southern California, we have to go down the I-5 and drive through what we call the grapevine. And sometimes it snows and they close the grapevine down. And when that happens, it's a longer drive through the coast to the Los Angeles area. And we don't want to risk 
possibly getting um, closed down, you know, the morning of embarkation. So some of us stayed at the Holiday Inn um, in Long Beach and the other half drove in the morning. Very cool. You make your way to the Long Beach cruise terminal. How was embarkation? Embarkation was actually pretty much a breeze. Um, I waited. I was one of the last ones from our group to board the ship because I wanted to make sure all our families were on the ship. Um, with having so many first-time cruisers, Doug, I needed to make sure they understood the process of being at the port on time and um, you know, handling their, uh, their bags to the porters. And I boarded around one o'clock and it's a new terminal there in Long Beach. It's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, went through security. Um, we had done our documents online before arriving. So it was pretty much a breeze getting on the ship. You make your way on board Carnival Panorama. What were your first impressions? Well, first of all, I just have to share, Doug, that I'm, as a West Coaster, was super excited about having a brand new ship. As you know, we usually mm-hmm. get hand-me-downs yeah. that you guys get all the beautiful, nice <laughs> ships on, in Florida. We don't. <laughs> so it was really nice to have something brand new. Super excited um, coming from the inspiration and imagination um, to the panorama was like wonderful. Brand new ship smell, the paint, um, absolutely stunning, gorgeous, and just excited to see how it was going to work out for everyone, especially those first time cruisers that were cruising with us. Have you ever been on a Vista class ship before? No, I have not. Very cool. I had sailed on the inspiration, imagination and the freedom and paradise. So this was my like bigger carnival ship. So that atrium then was kind of a surprise uh, and, and a departure from other carnival atriums, huh? Oh, yes, that funnel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's actually really nice. A lot of um, time was spent there um, because Emma Pack, who was our cruise director, who is, by the way, Doug, amazing. Mm-hmm, totally. um, so much fun, positive energy, super sweet. I got to talk to her numerous times. So a lot of the like 80s, um, that was it, the 80s was on um, the Lido deck, but the 70s, the 60s party, a lot of events happened mm-hmm. in that atrium. But I do have some thoughts about that atrium to share with you later, if that's okay. Yeah, for sure. All mm-hmm. right. So you make your way to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you book and what did you think of it? I wanted to try a Family Harbor Ocean View room. Now, my children are not little, but I wanted to have that experience of what it's like to stay in a Family Harbor room. We had the Ocean View room. And one thing I really loved, Doug, about that room was that there's two bathrooms, which when you're dealing with um, a family on a sailing, it's great to have that option. Um, they do have that uh, Family Harbor like dining area. Um, which honestly, Doug, I think with the fourth sailing in, this was only the fourth time that they were in operation from coming to the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, it could have been a little more organized, in my opinion. Sometimes there was like messy plates left in the lounge. But overall, I think it's a great option. Some of the perks that you get from booking those Family Harbor rooms are pretty awesome if you have little ones. You said they had that like the separate dining room type area. I had never been in there because I've never been in a family harbor stateroom, but I have kind of walked down the halls and peered into this aquarium looking area. Is it like just basically what it looks like? Couches, TVs, ice cream, things like that? Yeah. So there's certain things you can have like um, it's open most of the day. And then at certain times, like in the morning, they have small bites. And then in the afternoon, they have like sandwiches, um, finger type foods. 
Um, they have yogurt, um, uh, ice cream, um, soft serve, uh, coffee, which is great to have mm-hmm. in the morning. Yeah. And they also have board games. And if I remember correct, correctly, like a gaming console. Um, okay. So, yeah, it's great for little ones. Of course, if you have a family and you want to just run and get a quick bite, a cup of coffee. Um, so I think it's a great option if you have little children. Plus, they also get to eat um, in the specialty dining restaurants for free under the age of 11 if you book a family harbor. Oh, nice. I did not know that. Very cool. So let's talk about dining now. And we'll start in the main dining room. What time dining did you have? And how was your experience in there? We had anytime dining. And Doug, I want to share with you that we used an, the app, the Carnival Hub app, to make our reservations mm-hmm. so that we don't have to wait there, which actually was pretty amazing um, to not have to sit and wait because obviously if you know with any time it could be a blessing but also you may have to wait some time during peak dining times yeah um, so I like that the dining room um, was gorgeous um, no real complaints I still feel like for sailing in they were still trying to figure out um, how to make everything function um, correctly in terms of timing. But overall, it was it was decent. I would definitely um, dine in the dining room over a buffet. That that, but that's just our personal choice. You mentioned that under eleven kids eat free. Um, did you do any specialty dining on this uh, on this sailing? Having a husband that works in the food business means that we're foodies. Uh-huh. And um, yes, so we actually did. We did the bonsai teppanyaki. We also ate at the steakhouse Fahrenheit five 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 and Gigi's Asian Kitchen for dinner. We had all those three. And they were all great. If I had to pick one to do over again, would be Gigi's Asian Kitchen, hands down. Yeah, it's good up there. I, I actually, I'm, I was in love with the bonsai, was it bonsai teppanyaki? Is that what it is? Yes. The, uh-huh. uh, yeah, the Japanese steakhouse. I did it three times on the Transatlantic on Vista coming from uh, Europe to the U.S. because the food was just so good in there. And I would put it up against any land-based teppanyaki place. I totally agree. And having experienced teppanyaki restaurants with both Royal and Norwegian, I would say that the side shrimp we got were pretty big. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That also, did you get the dessert uh, at the end? They bring you like on a, it's like a grid and it has different mm-hmm. kinds of small bite-sized desserts. That was also pretty amazing. Yeah, there was like a green tea ice cream, I think, in yeah. there. And yeah, a couple other things. That was really good. Uh, so how about, I know it's going to be different as we start cruising again, but how was the buffet experience on your sailing? Um. Honestly, like we're not buffet people at all. Um, I walked by because um, you have to walk by the Lido Marketplace to get to the pizza, (laughs) which is a must. If you are Mm -hmm. dining, um, you have to get the um, El Capitano pizza, I believe it's called. And it's towards um, the aft, so it's towards the back of the ship and you have to walk through the Lido Marketplace. We had breakfast maybe once, if I remember correctly. Um, my group did not seem to complain, so I think there was plenty of options to choose from. That ship also has Guy's Burger Joint and Blue Iguana Cantina, Poolside. Did you hit up any of those? Of course. We are on Carnival. You must have Guy's Burgers if they have it on the ship. Always a must. And mm-hmm. we also had, and I don't know if you have these, Doug, the breakfast burritos from blue iguana love them so good that is one of our go-tos in the morning always it's either that or a sea day brunch for me 
or maybe sometimes uh, the green eggs and ham brunch if I'm feeling whimsical. I have yet to try that one. I'm going to have to try it now with my toddler. Yeah, yeah, t- totally. I mean, of course, I'm going in there without any kids, right? It's just like me and <laughs> a girlfriend or whatnot, and we're like, yeah, we're the only table here with just two adults. You know, it's I guess it's like kind of going to to Disney without kids or something. But well, um, our Dr. fan, and that's okay. Yeah, there you go. I know Carnival has a really popular coffee shop on board, the Blue Java Cafe or Java Blue. Did you get to experience that at all? Absolutely, because Java Joe was on board with us, who is oh, wow. a very known um, barista with uh, Java Blue Cafe. So they actually make the pretty like lattes with the foam and they mm-hmm. make them into a leaf. And so he was there. And of course, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a coffee buff. Uh, I wish they had Starbucks, to be honest with you, because um, I love having that option as well. But yes, daily, I would have my drink, my coffee drink there. As far as the entertainment on this seven night cruise, what did you think of it? I will honestly share with you that I only was able to catch one of the shows. And I want to say, and I don't remember the name, but it was like a 80s or 90s um, show. Because I was cruising with about 100 friends, um, I was always wanting to make sure that um, my friends were that needed anything at all were taken care of. So I would run into people in the atrium and they would say, hey, Susie, come down, have a drink, or can you meet me on the Lido deck? So I only got to catch one of the shows, but what I've heard is that they are great, especially the one that uses the drones. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name right now. Yeah, it's like a, I don't even know it either, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. Very mm-hmm. cool. From what I heard from um, people that cruise with us, they really did enjoy that. Now, speaking of entertainment, though, did I already mention Emma Pack? <laughs> did I say how amazing? I think from all the CDs that I've experienced, she's mm-hmm. definitely my top five, hands down. Why is that? Her energy. I mean, aside from the fact that she calls us lovies, like I, I just, I don't know. She was just fun. And she made you like get out of that shell of being embarrassed to like get up and dance and really kind of let your inhibitions, not in a bad way, of course, mm-hmm. come out and really let loose. And honestly, like choose fun is their slogan, right? Carnival. Yeah. She is that she is that like she embodies that choose fun. How were the sea days on board as far as crowds and congestion? I remember um, maybe the pool area right smack in the middle. I think step 10 was always busy but there's so many different areas on that ship where you can find a quiet area i'm a big promenade deck girl and on that ship doug all around and i mean all around the ship there's areas where you can sit and have a quiet conversation with someone and so that part i really really enjoyed on that ship was all the like places where you can sit and just enjoy the ocean and get away from everything. Yeah, that's one thing um, that I guess that Vista is the Vista class, right? So it's kind of a connection with the sea with all the places out there. And uh, Panorama is no different because like for me, my go-to spot on any of those Vista class ships or actually really any cruise ship in general is always the aft pool. And there's like plenty of spots out there, whether you're on the main, what, deck 10 or up one deck on deck 11 to be around that aft pool and just stay connected with the ocean. And you bring up a good point because on the ship, they had loungers, right? Like they do on all the other carnival ships, but they had padded loungers, which I don't remember seeing on some of the, of course, I've been on older carnival ships, which was really nice. So you speak of the aft pool. I think it was like deck 12, 
towards the aft, um, there's just those really comfortable padded loungers that you could sit at, which I really liked. Very cool. Let's talk about the ports of call on this seven night cruise. So uh, tell us the port of call, give us a highlight, then just move to the next one. So our first port of call was Cabo San Lucas. I've been on disclaimer to all three already. Um, Growing up with Mexican parents means that you get to see some of these places as a child. And I've been to all three. But as a group, we had decided to do a book an excursion. I booked a group excursion to go snorkeling. They offered, uh, it was lunch and drinks. So we all got off the ship. Of course, it's a tender port. And we had the tour guide meeting for us at the entrance of the port. And we spent the day snorkeling. Some snorkeled, some didn't. And it was kind of fun and relaxing to just do that. And then at the end, some decided to stay in town. Some decided to go back on the ship. Okay, so you did Cabo. Then what was next? Next was Mazatlan. And this one I'm really wanting to like share with, with you that I was impressed. There's so much bad rap that this city gets. Don't go. It's not safe. And I know that historically speaking, like that's the reason why people don't want to go on Mexican and Riviera cruises because they're scared of stay on the ship. I always hear people saying, don't get out off the ship. And it was actually really nice. We booked a city tour. So they met us right at the port, picked us up, air-conditioned van. They had drinks for us on the van, whether that be water, soda, or, you know, other drinks. And um, they drove us around, and they made the tour according to how we wanted. So they said, this is where we can go. What do you want to see? And it was such an amazing day that included lunch, seafood lunch. We went to the beach. I actually had him stop at Starbucks. I asked him, I said, can Mm -hmm. you please? And he stopped at Starbucks for us. I got a souvenir. I had a Starbucks beverage. It was such an amazing day. And I think people need to stop being scared of going to Mazatlan. Stick to the tourist areas and make sure that you used a reputable tour operator. And of course, now with COVID, you're going to have to use one through the ship, according to what I'm hearing. So, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, I was there a few years ago in Mazatlan, and I was at an all-inclusive resort. And I agree 100%. We did, I believe we did zip lining and uh, a tequila tasting thing, which, you know, I guess tequila, Mexico kind of goes hand in hand. So I'm glad we did that. But I, I, you know, use a reputable company or do your research. You know, don't, you know, stay on the beaten path. Just like, I mean, I was telling people, just like, you would do in Miami or Manhattan or Chicago or whatever. I mean, you know, you're not going to go down a dark alley in Chicago. I mean, why would you do it 500 miles away from home or whatever? Exactly that. And you're going to a foreign country. Be respectful of of the country. I would not like any anywhere, whether it be the Bahamas, Doug, mm-hmm. or the Caribbean or Mexico, leave your jewelry like in your safe, in your stateroom, take bare minimal stuff that you need and have a good time, meet the people, learn about the culture. I mean, there's so much to learn and to enjoy. There's a beautiful plaza there with a beautiful cathedral. All of that is culture and history. And I I loved our day in in Mazatlan. And then uh, what was your next port of call? Our last port of call was Puerto Vallarta. Um, Again, having been there numerous times and after towards the end of our cruise, I was feeling a little tired, Doug, of you know, making sure that all my clients and my friends were doing well on their cruise. We actually learned about a day pass from another uh, travel blogger called Tourist to Local. 
sorry for the plug for her, but I, I think she's very sweet in sharing this information. And they have a day pass at the Marriott Puerto Vallarta. You cannot buy them online. You cannot order them beforehand. And um, it was, I want to say about, ended up being about $30 to $40 per person. And that included your food while you're there and your beverages. And they have a pool overlooking uh, like an infinity pool. There's, you can use the ocean. They have a kid's water play area. Very clean, great service. I would say that port was my favorite from the three just because I got to relax mm -hmm. and just enjoy some downtime with some of our friends that joined us. Now the other half, so half went to a, with us to the Marriott and the other half went to Sayulita. So they had organized a trip to go spend some time over there in this uh, cute little quaint surfing town of Sayulita. You make your way back to Long Beach. How was your disembarkation? It was pretty smooth from what I remember. We waited um, in our stateroom. We usually just want to get off the ship. We don't venture out to get food much. And we waited for our number to be called. And we got off, I want to say by nine, Doug, we were off the ship and our car was parked at the Holiday Inn. We had a number that we called for them to pick us up. They were there shortly and off we were to the Holiday Inn to pick up our car to drive home. Any first time tips to offer someone either sailing from Long Beach or sailing Carnival Panorama? Absolutely. First of all, book your reservations, especially dining as soon as you can because those book up really quickly and you may have a chance to get a time during your cruise, but especially for like Fahrenheit 555, that one's really hard to get. Oh, another thing, Doug, about that restaurant is do not wear shorts. They will not mm -hmm. let you in. I actually saw it happen right in front of my eyes. Oh, wow. They have a very strict dress policy for the steakhouse. <laughs> so make sure you're wearing long pants and, you know, look at least business casual, I would say. Download the Carnival Hub app before you leave and make sure you have everyone that's in your party with you have that app downloaded on your phone. Buy the $5 chat option. Now, I don't know what's going to be once we resume, uh, if it's mm -hmm. going to be the same price. And that way you can communicate with your family and friends if you're not going to have Wi-Fi um, purchased on the ship. Lunch is free at Cucina del Capitano, um, Gigi's Asian Kitchen as well. So make sure you grab um, one of your meals there during lunchtime and pay attention to when they're going to offer the tickets for the Cabo tenders. Uh, they usually do it the day before so that you can get um, your number to get off the ship. Very good. Looking back, what was the biggest highlight of this cruise for you? Well, just feeling really blessed that they gave us something new on the West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> it's really nice to have a ship with so many options like the panorama is perfect for families, multi-generational families, big groups, lots of fun, and just happy that no one was left behind in port <laughs> for my group. <laughs> and just that overall, everyone had an amazing time and I've created repeat cruisers out of this. So I'm super excited about that. You were on there with a hundred of your friends. I mean, you mentioned people kept coming to you and you were making sure that they were accommodated and everything that has to be like herding cats. <laughs> it actually that chat option that I told you about in the, mm -hmm. the hub I'm sure you've seen it yeah was the biggest blessing ever because what I would do especially in our port days if they weren't with me okay mm -hmm. guys remember that the time changes when you're in Mexico yeah. so don't lose track stay on ship time and right. so 
when we were in port, we had our regular phones were working because most of us have that option. And so I could text, but when we're in the ship, I make sure reminders, but it's actually all the people that I want to be with anyways. So while it was work, I had fun doing it. And I, I just truly love, you know, having people come back to me at the end and say, Susie, we had the best time ever. That's priceless to me. Once cruising resumes and ramps back up again out there on the West Coast, what are your thoughts of cruising again? Oh, I want to be on a ship like now. Okay. <laughs> I'm hopeful for cruising to start up hopefully by the end of the year. Of course, I want you know everyone to be safe. And I know that they're doing tremendous changes to the cruise lines in terms of safety and protocols. So appreciative of all the cruise lines taking steps towards safer cruising first and foremost. Secondly, I'm excited about the Carnival Radiance coming to the West Coast and replacing the imagination and inspiration. Mm -hmm. So I will be on a ship as soon as I can and looking forward to cruising on the Mardi Gras in July. And I have a few other ones booked for next year. In closing, final thoughts of Carnival Panorama. It's a must do if you're on the West Coast. Come to the West Coast if you're not on the West Coast and experience that ship. As of right now, until the Mardi Gras comes out, their newest ship. The crew was amazing. Um, I have nothing but positive things to say about the panorama, and I cannot wait to see her cruising again on the West Coast. Very good. We've been talking with Susie about her seven-night Mexican Riviera cruise aboard Carnival Panorama. You have some excellent photos from your cruise on your Instagram account. Go ahead and give us that. Yes, Doug. Thank you. My Instagram handle is cruise underscore yes underscore please. I love it. Susie, thank you so much for giving us this review. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Doug, for having me. I appreciate it, too. All right, Dougie. Let's see what we got here, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.